I just want to be at home. My refrigerator's full. My bills is paid. That's peace. This job is the money supply for my actual passion. You'll never be able to make a living in the arts. When I see a father bring his little son with him, it makes me feel like I missed a lot. I I I, I don't believe you missed satisfied. anything, sir. Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love, when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, uh, I'm Brian Brushwood. Uh, real quick, uh, Bryce, normally yeah. it's pretty clear to me when we play a trailer at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. how I'm supposed to feel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It it's was not at all clear to tragedy me. Tragedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, Time travel? Uh, Coming yeah. of age, wacky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a trailer for the upcoming, I think it's a docuseries on Netflix called Working, What We Do All Day, featuring one Barack H. Obama, who guides us as we see workers from every part of the career ladder that streams on Netflix oh. May 17. So they got someone who doesn't have a job to talk <laughs> right. to people. They got a, they got a famous they, podcaster time. They got a currently Tom. unemployed person to, <laughs> to post the show. I don't know. Is he, is, hey, hey, is hey. He, he is fun employed, sir. <laughs> fun employed. All that right. Is, that, of course, uh, has 17. to be Meryl Barr. I'm back. Hey, I'm back. And you're no longer just Hollywood's own. We're allowed to finally talk about the, the dang thing we've been working on for three years. Yeah. Well, well, hold on. It's not like it was out in a public press release. And it certainly wasn't ill-timed as, you know, it comes minutes <laughs> before a WGA strike. But you know what, Meryl? Go ahead. Take us on a journey. <laughs> um, I will keep it brief. Three years ago, I went to Brian and said, hey, Brian, I've got an amazing, totally game-changing idea. Going to make you so much money. What if? We did the modern rogue where you and Jason are idiot spies as a comic book. And what did I say? Terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. This all tracks so far. Carry on. Specifically because there is no money in comic books. And then like months later, you called me saying, what about a cartoon? And I thought to myself. Specifically months later, Star Trek Lower Decks came out and I was like, "Uh, wait a minute. What if we just did the com- the the comic book idea as in this style, and then I was like, "That's a really good idea." And I texted. I remember specifically, I was in a Ralph's like sh- food shopping when I texted it to Brian, and uh, he goes, "I don't know why, but that makes complete sense." And then we've been working on it ever since. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. And it- finally, we can announce it minutes before a WGA strike. Congratulations, <laughs> Meryl. It worked. Yay. <laughs> Is it written? That's all that matters, right? There's a script. There's a script written where there's material. There's Greg Grunberg is attached to uh, produce and star in it, uh, along with Brian and Jason, who will be playing themselves as idiot MacGyver spies. It's I love it. It's a thing I love so much. Uh, I I wish that literally everything there is to know about it is now known. There is nothing being kept from anyone right now. Everything that is signed, delivered on paper, that like this is what's in it so far is locked we're still a there's a lot of distance between here and you eventually watching it one day uh a lot of ground to cover but 
This stuff, Brian is so giddy right now. By the way, I just want to <laughs> go ahead. Also, go ahead. you're straight up lying. There are many more secrets to be revealed, but uh, we don't have I, time well, for yes. any of this uh, because we're not doing a press release. We're doing cord killers, which means it's time for the primary target. Yay. And because it's cord killers, that means we're talking about Netflix. During its earnings call last week, Netflix announced that it did see temporary drops in subscribers when it first launched its crackdown on passwords, but that over time, the subscriptions came back and the revenues rose. And if you recall, it held up Canada as an example. Canada paid membership base is now larger than it was prior to the launch of crackdown on password sharing. Revenue is growing faster in Canada than the U.S. So that's what Netflix said. We told you about that last week. However, a study from Cantor World Panel of Netflix subscribers in Q1 found that about 1 million users left Netflix as a result of the crackdown in Spain. Now, keep in mind that users not paid accounts. So a million users leaving when you stop them from being able to use an account because you detected they were sharing a password, that means about two thirds of those million users were using someone else's account. So they wouldn't have been paying anyway. That's not lost revenue. Theoretically, that's not even a lost subscription, right? Because it's just somebody who was using someone else's account. So that does leave a good 300,000 plus who were paying and also canceled. So someone was using their account, that person lost uh, access, and instead of paying to get them access or saying, well, too bad, sorry, I can't share my password with you anymore, they actually withdrew the Netflix account. Some of that might not be related to password sharing. Uh, competition is rising. Amazon and Sky Showtime added subscriptions in Spain during this quarter. And the number of households in Spain that had at least one streaming subscription fell in Q1 by 292,000, uh, just about the same amount as left Netflix. So Brian, is this password sharing crackdown having an effect or is it just people are cutting back on streaming in Spain? It might be, and I'm speculating here, uh, which I'm prone to do on the show. Uh, it, it might be as simple as um, they're enacting best practices in the long term, and that is having a short term negative effect. However, uh, but they started it in Spain the same time they started it in Canada, and they're already seeing the positive in Canada. So what's different about Spain then? Uh, they speak Spanish for one, Tom. Bingo. Uh, yeah. been, uh, Canadians I, I, have French. But, uh, That's not the same. It's not the same language. No, I, mean, I don't know. I, to be honest, I, I hadn't really considered that until you just kind of implied it right now. Um, there may be a cultural difference in terms of sharing. Yeah. Like, like, there could be an like, economic like, difference, I, I, too. I know that, that the economy of Spain is different than the economy of Canada. Correct. Correct. Right. And, and so uh, I know that Spain is uh, kind of famous for culturally being more familial. Um, uh, I actually, Tom, here's a phrase I don't say very often. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, what? Meryl Barr can solve it for us. Meryl, what do you think of uh, Yes, I, I totally. Because um, I speak Spanish. I don't. Um, but uh, here's what I think this boils down to. We are going to start entering a world where the subscriber account means less than the dollar earned. For a long time, we acted like those two things were correlated. And it was just as 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 users went up, 
that must mean revenue went up. But now that we understand that not all users are paying subscribers, it's going to matter less how many active users there are and more about how many active paying subscribers there are. As long as the paying subscriber number continues to increase, Netflix is in good shape. And Netflix doesn't usually report user numbers. It reports subscriber numbers. So that wouldn't be that much different than, than the numbers we've been getting. This Cantor World panel was interesting in saying we identified users, the number of people who have profiles. Uh, and 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 that's that's where they, they found this drop. How did they collect that data, though? Nah, it's the typical survey stuff, you know. I... I I, I am not prepared to give you a fully vetted answer to that, but it, it is in the Cantor World Panel methodology if if you want to take it up. Cant, Cantor has a pretty good track record of, of having decent survey methodology. There, okay. there is something to um, broadcasting momentum. And for a very, very long time, Netflix valued momentum upwards over actual numbers or all of that stuff. And, and that was reflected in the quarterly, you know, reports and stock price and all of that stuff. So if they're finally shifting focus, uh, I, I don't know, it, it, it kind of seems fine to me if, if they're just sort of solidifying, this is where we are. Uh, we intend to stop letting freeloaders show up. They no longer have value as, um, you know, additional numbers to make our quarterly reports look good. Uh, that all seems fine to me. I, I honestly think that there is more going on in Spain than is dreamt of in our philosophy. Uh, that there, there is, there's more, that it's probably related to economics, that it's probably that people in Spain are more likely to cancel and Therefore, some of this drop is people who would have dropped whether there was password crackdown or not. Some of it is the password crackdown giving people on the edge an excuse, right? Well, I guess I'll keep the Netflix because Johnny, uh, who goes to college, is sharing it with me. Oh, wait, uh, Johnny got cracked down on. So, okay, uh, I don't need it anymore. Let's just cut it out. Like it's making people think about the fact that they have the account, which then leads them to cancel it. Possibly, for whatever reason, Spain users in Spain are more sensitive to that than they were in Canada. Which, uh, by the way, I think is a very legitimate thought uh, to to contemplate, uh, uh, given the fact that what are we about ten years into Netflix being a serious player on the online distribution phase of everything? Right? I'd say like, I'd say more like fifteen. Yeah, fifteen years ago, they were the thing that launched and like. The DVD place is going to stream. Who will have bandwidth for that? You know what? You're better off watching your movies on AOL. Literally, people were saying that back then because I wrote a CNET story about it. Uh, and then, yeah, within a couple of years, Netflix was the only place because they got all the catalogs that nobody else could. And then they are, they, then 10 years ago, you're right, Meryl, they were making the originals because they knew they weren't going to be able to keep the catalog forever. And as they started losing the catalog, they had the original thing going. So, um, well, yeah. and, and also we've seen domestically here in the United States, the uh, saturation, you know, like it doesn't seem like there's much more growth opportunity for Netflix. And so in that case, you might as well crack down on. Uh, well, yeah, that, that goes back to the password sharing altogether. Yeah. Uh, what Netflix will never do. I'm, I'm almost certain about this, Brian, is support themselves through Patreon. Yeah. 
I've always thought that was a little bit suspicious about Netflix. Yeah, they're scared. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you remember. Like, I, I called you up that one day and I said, hey, man, I think that we could go independent. I think that we could support ourselves. And I remember you were a little bit fussy. You were like, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, there's. Yeah. There's- yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. I just got fired. I don't know if I want to go independent. Yeah. Right. And then uh, I, I remember saying, well, there's this thing called Patreon. And then mm. you said, and I said, Patreon, that sounds like a drink. <laughs> and I said, I said, it is. It's made of money and vodka. And I <laughs> and said, you I'll said, have a double. <laughs> uh, the point is, uh, 10 years ago, you guys made us loud, live, and independent by supporting us right here at patreon.com slash cordkillers. Do yourself a favor. You know what? It's not even for us. I mean, yes, it is for us because it keeps us... Loud, live, and independent, showing up every single Monday uh, with all of the news on how to kill, murder, slay, destroy, mm. punch all mm-hmm. of the cords. But you also get a little something out of it, too. You get your own RSS feed. You get early access to our spoiler in time. You get exclusive access to our after talk segment. Yeah, that's only you. That's only because you found value in the show and you gave it back at patreon.com slash cord killers and now because one of you became a patron again who we can continue the show with how to watch can can we pretend like there's only one patron and just like give him a name <laughs> yeah um, like pat gregory pat pat the patreon hey pat pat i like that yeah uh well pat roku managed to raise its revenue one percent on the year despite losing more money uh dollar 38 per share versus 19 cents last year uh still better than expected they lost less than people expected because advertising is in the crapper uh average revenue per user fell five percent on the year hours streamed rose to 3.9 streaming hours per active account per day so if that ad revenue does bounce back revenue per user theoretically should bounce back too because they're getting more streams out of them uh roku also mentioned that it hosted more streaming of the super bowl than any other platform i am amazed to say i totally believe all of this i can't believe roku is crushing it so hard i i i i i I have no i mean they're losing money so i don't know how how crushy it is uh but you know, losing money, but they're losing money in that way. Netflix is losing money. Where it's it's what metric are you judging the success by? I'd argue Roku having the more Super Bowl streams. I see, but they don't stream the Super Bowl. So you mean like streaming through Fox and other versus apps fi- on no Roku. versus Fire TV or Apple TV or Android. More people or watch Google. the Super Bowl on Roku versus any other smart yeah. TV device. Okay, great. Because cool. so it was all through Fox. That. You're right. But yeah. which app, which platform were they running the Fox app on, or the Direct right. TV stream app or Sling TV? Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I work full disclosure. I work in the AVOD space. Um, I. And Roku is Roku matters. Like, get making sure your platform is primed for Roku really, really matters a lot. And so, if Roku, if Roku is still looked at as the top dog, you know the fact that like, and also it's like their money's down because everything's down. Like, the, like I think everyone is sort of also has this comprehension of like, Roku's not down because Roku messed up. Roku's down because all advertising is down across the board. And I also think that, uh, you know, we have to, we're going to have to wait a minute to see how 
things shake out in terms of who are the new you know, product, you know, who's the new Squarespace of the next, of, of the next era of advertising, right? Who's going to be advertising everywhere. Um, and when that, when they get sorted, Roku will have the ad, the ad spaces, the ad, um, uh, I can't remember the word. Inventory. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> the ad inventory to, to sell, right? This is why he runs this show. Um, they will have the ad inventory to sell and, and they're going to have the user base to sell too. So we're just in a weird gray area, but I don't think this is necessarily screams of doom and gloom for Roku. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the way to flip it on its head is to say this is how bad the ad market has been the past couple quarters that even Roku uh, is struggling when they have this amazing inventory, this amazing streaming uh, user base. Uh, you could criticize them for leaning into ads so well, but... I think, as you as you just said, this is a temporary dip that Roku is going to be able to surge off of once advertising comes back, and advertising won't be gone forever. Uh, in fact, there's already signs that it that it's bouncing back back now. So Roku's well positioned for that. This is one of those moments where um, there's an intangible aspect to the most important part of uh, selling whatever it is you have to sell is is. There's no way to know how much real estate you own in other people's minds. For example, I know for a fact that 10 years ago, none of my parents, none of Bonnie's parents knew what a Roku was. I now know that all four of them uh, assume that, how do I get it on the Roku? And, you know, we could chuckle at uh, uh, exactly how in-depth their understanding is, but but... There is real value to that real estate in people's minds, and there's no question that revenue going up, even if they're losing money, even at this late in the game, uh, that's that's valuable real estate, and and uh, we'll we'll see how they're able to convert it down the road. But it's like a just like actual real estate, uh, it moves a little bit more slow motion compared to. Uh, uh, the of the moment advertisements. I was literally imagining that that uh, metaphor in my head, but using the word land instead of real estate. Like you build a building on a piece of land. Even if you tear that building down, the land remains valuable and you can build a new building on it later. So and, and, I don't, and you could I, call it the same name as the previous building. Like, 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 let's say there's, there's a Roku brothel and you tear it down and now there's a Roku bespoke distillery. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, like that, that word has value. Uh, so, so the fact that revenues are up, even if they're losing money, uh, everybody's losing money right now. Yeah. 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 Well, and the, the the quarterly earnings reports from the other tech companies, as OpenBio pointing out, are up. Revenue is bouncing back, uh, and and some of that is the ad market starting to come back. So you know the feeling is next quarter Roku should be fine. In fact, that's something to look at if you're if you're someone who uses the Roku platform, uh, then that's that's something you want to see. You want to see them do well and and keep being able to add features and and all that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, um, Roku. It means the number nine, but also possibly success. Let's move on to what to watch and under surveillance. Not like you it's all about location, location, location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, real quick, uh, did, yes, did you intentionally try to flummox me just now? Because it worked. <laughs> no, no, I really wasn't. Why? Did you have something else to add? I didn't know that the Roku was the number nine. 
Oh, yeah. No, it's Japanese for nine. Yeah. Wait, what? It's six. <laughs> See? Okay, oh, it's so it's six. not just See, me. Number no, one. It's six. Sorry. It's six. Because so, so it's not even true. Okay, no. now I'm doubly glad Fake we're news. bringing it up. Fake it's six. It's, I didn't know. Fake it's news. upside down. Nine. I didn't know that Roku stood for anything. I thought it was the word they made up. Oh boy. That's Fair why Prime was so flummoxed. He was like, I thought it was six. <laughs> no, Prime seems pretty <laughs> sure it was dumb. nine. Uh, it's also May 1st, so let's see what is new on the streaming services. I as Actar. What's up, Cord Killers? Ayaz here. Let's take a look at what's new to streaming in May. Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, is coming to Netflix on May 4th. I know someone has to be excited about that. Speaking of May 4th, Disney Plus will stream Star Wars Visions Volume 2 on that day. This volume will have nine new shorts from nine studios. Disney Plus will also have a new series called The Muppets Mayhem starting on the 10th. This show follows the Electric Mayhem Band. More animal in the world is always a good thing. J-Lo has a new Netflix movie called The Mother. It's an action flick where she plays, you'll never guess this, a mother. And as that mother, she's trying to protect her child. The mother starts streaming on May 12th. Guess who's back? Arnold Schwarzenegger has a new Netflix series called FUBAR. This show is about a father and daughter who learn they've each secretly been working as CIA operatives. Then they have to work together. FUBAR arrives on May 25th. And May 30th will be an amazing day because I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Season three goes online on Netflix. Enjoy your sloppy steaks, everyone. Want to know more? Watch this show, Cord Killers. Thank you, Ayaz Akhtar. Uh, as if by example, our next story is the DC released a trailer for The Flash starring Ezra Miller as The Flash and Michael Keaton reprising his early 90s role as Batman. The movie takes place across several alternate timelines, uh, two Ezra Miller played flashes from alternate realities team up with a version of Supergirl to stop a version of General Zod. Zod is played by Michael Shannon. He played him in Man of Steel. So presumably this is the Zod from Man of Steel. Ben Affleck also plays a Batman. Uh, I think we knew most of this before this trailer, but this trailer really fleshes it out and shows more of it. Theater owners who previewed the full movie at CinemaCon raved about it, calling it possibly the best superhero movie yet and saying it is, quote, a wild and surprising tribute to what came before it resets the DC universe. Uh, if you want to find out if they're just saying that to get you into the theaters, well, you can go to a theater and find out on June 16th. Tom, I'm live now at that exact event that you talked about, and it sounds like what? Uh, yeah, yes, they're saying so much popcorn, so much popcorn. <laughs> We're going to sell so much popcorn. Back to you, Tom. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm not surprised that they are looking at the number of popcorn buckets that they can sell if they can convince people to come see The Flash. Although it does seem like like generally people are pleased with it. Uh, it there's not a lot of shuffling critics. of, you know, uh, <coughs> Meryl, what, what, what do you yeah, make of Yeah, it sounds like you've got to take. <laughs> there, were criti- no, there were critics in the, in the audience, too, and they were all raving about it as well. Um, to the point where some were even like, I know Ezra Miller's had some problems, but and it's like, okay, hold on. Let's yeah, just, yeah. Let's <laughs> slow the roll a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, right? I, I, I super, oh God, I try, I, I'm like the last dog to the bowl whenever it comes to going on the downward trend of a pop culture craze almost all the time. 
Um, and so like, but even I've hit a point of like, yeah, like you're still playing with fidget spinners. I I was about to say, this sounds an awful lot. Like you're admitting to the fact that you see it's a descending trend, but you're still happy to be there. No, 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 no. I'm now hit the point where I'm now on the, I'm at a point where it's like, I don't know if I want to see it. Like, I don't even know if I want to see guardians three. You're getting burned out. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I, if 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 word of mouth continues to stay strong, that it really because also I haven't been super impressed with the DC universe in general. Uh, so, it, but you know, I'm I'm here to I'm here to be to be joyfully surprised in June, and I'm be happy to see it. We will have more of what Meryl hates in After Talk. <laughs> will we? Oh, okay. Am I going to be on um, After Talk for once? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, Brian's going to tell people what Meryl hates. I'm an Meryl won't be there, though. (laughs) Uh, CinemaCon attendees got to see extended footage of Wonka, starring Timothy Chalamet and uh, Oompa Loompa, played by Hugh Grant. Uh, Wonka is expected to appear in theaters December 15th, 2023. Was the footage displayed in the article, or is it just talked about? Okay. The Flash trailer we got to see, uh, but most of the stuff at CinemaCon was just for the attendees of CinemaCon. This is an example of that. How optimistic are you, Tom, about this new iteration of Wonka? I'm going to put it above Depp, but probably not hitting Wilder. Not hitting Wilder. That's my expectation. Like, is the it's, title it's going of to be this near Wilder? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I mean, to be honest, I, like, I, I, I would love it, love, love, love it if I could be surprised and this was somehow better than the Wilder. Willy oh Wilder yeah, that would be huge. Yeah. yeah. Meryl, what is your expectation for Wonka? Keep in mind, Oompa Loompa, played by Hugh Grant. I mean, okay. Uh, Meryl, Meryl, we we need your your reaction to Oompa Loompa, played by Hugh Grant. Just keep saying those words. They're great. I... What do you, I mean, how do you get better than Meryl? Played by Hugh Grant. We're talking about Oompa Loompas, played, <laughs> yeah. played by, by Hugh Grant. Grant. Now, right, Bryce, I'm sorry. Now, I've now, lost, who is I've it played by? No, who's it played? No, I, I, I got the Oompa. I got the Oompa Loompa part, but who is Oompa it? Loompa. And but who's playing that? Right. Hugh Grant. And now, what's Wait, he doing? Who, so if you put Hugh that Grant all playing? together, it would uh, be, uh, it would be an Oompa Loompa line played. Played. There you go. Played, Played by, by an Grant. Oompa Loompa. Uh, no, nope. there we go. So, Hugh Grant. We solved Cameo it. Yeah. Hugh. Paramount Plus announced that Perry Gilpin will return as Roz for one episode in The Return of Frasier. When I saw this news, it reminded me, oh yeah, they're making a Return of Frasier. Uh, if you haven't been keeping track of that, Baby New Earth will guest star in one episode as Dr. Lilith Sternen. Uh, the revived series takes place in Boston. No date on when this will happen. Uh, Not in Seattle? No, they, he came back from Seattle to Boston. Oh, oh is that where Cheers is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's where it started. It was a, a fairly remarkable jump that everybody went to Seattle for no... Mm-hmm. No particular reason. Yeah. One reason. of the biggest yeah. pieces of TV history. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how much territory Frasier occupies in my mind, uh, but I'm always quick to point out that I was in college when that was popular, and boy, your television experience while you're in college changes. 
Yeah, Cheers is a great example of that for me. I, I was re-watching Cheers and those first seasons uh, with Coach and Diane. I was like, oh, I remember watching these growing up and in high school. And then you hit the later seasons. And I'm like, oh, I remember not watching these because I was in college. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna... uh, whereas wildly, like I, I was in late middle school I, and that was my touchstone. Like I would watch VHS tapes of uh, the American broadcasts of all that stuff because I lived in Norway oh, yeah. at the time. Wow. Yeah, so you you had to get them shipped to you in Norway? Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's wild. Uh, Netflix also released a trailer for season three of The Witcher, final one starring Henry Cavill as Geralt. Part one arrives June 29th, part two, July 27th. This is really a teaser, not properly a trailer, because it's just the main characters going, are you there? Yes, I'm here, kind of thing. Is is there a stink on a thing once you know that it's wrapping up and the person's leaving to? Do well, it's not. Other and it's things? not wrapping up even more than that, right? Like, yeah, oh, it's going to continue, but without him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so yeah. we know whatever character is about to. I mean, replace. yes and no. It depends on the thing. I mean, X Files is probably a great example of like you, everyone knew that Jillian Anderson was was leaving at the end of the final season, which is why it became the final season. And everyone, and it was like, you know, you are trying to, it depends, right? It depends on how they do it. It depends on the execution. It depends on what the story, like there are examples of things where main characters have left and it kept going. Uh, uh, but, uh, but, but how many get better after that? With the exclusion are you, are you of, of, of Valerie's so family, which was the Hogan family. So what you're really saying is that there really aren't a lot of examples of things having the best version of themselves after main characters have left yeah well, it's hard it's hard to but the main character isn't leaving here they're they're recasting him and it's so, in this world it might just be that they're like yeah, okay that, that hold, on, hold on that stinks oh, hold in on. this oh, world really really really, really it's yeah thank you, thank you thank you in this you world said, that stinks. You, two words. you said the thing that i wanted this to say thank you <laughs> two words two words doctor who Stinks. There's a device for that. Okay, but I think I know where I, I think I know where Meryl's going. There's a device for that in the plot that they developed. So it wasn't like they're it's not like the soap opera where they're pretending that the person playing Alice has always looked like that, even though they replaced the actor in no, Doctor Who. The they said, Oh, he regenerates into a new person. That's why he looks different. So is that what you're suggesting, Meryl? Is if the Witcher comes up with a I clever in-story device, have, it won't be so bad. Yeah, I have a feeling that they're going to do that. I won't be surprised if they do it, where they just create an in-universe element of saying yeah. like, oh, yeah, we he had to tra transform his look. There's a precedent for that in the books, even. So. Uh, okay, legit, well, then there you go. Totally legit comment from the chat. James Bond. Uh, that tracks. There you yes, go. There right. you go. Total recast. Not a yeah. series, a movie series, but yeah. It worked. Yeah. Although a lot of people still don't like Roger Moore simply because he was not the first James Bond. Yeah. I mean, That's he was for George Lazenby. Well, most people think of him as the second, even though he technically was the third. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what we had our eyes on. Meryl, let's start with you. What you've been watching. So I watched that new Apple movie ghosted with Chris yeah. Evans and um, uh, what's her name? Um, Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Uh, it's written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who are the guys who do the Deadpool movies. And they also did um, 
Spider, what was it called? Spider, Spider Island. Ray for Spiders, the movie. <laughs> Spider Spiderhead, Island? Spiderhead, Spiderhead. Oh, Spider um, so they also did Spiderhead. Um, and yeah, they, I, I, I'm a big fan of those guys. And I thought the movie, the, the movie itself is very fun. I do think we've hit peak, uh, this particular genre of spy thing of, oh my God, my significant other is an international spy. Cause we've got this, the true lies show on CBS, the upcoming food bar show on Netflix with Schwarzenegger, which is basically true lies. Um, I think we've hit peak this genre and I would very much like to move on from spy actually this is a guy who loves espionage anything i'm ready to move on from spy stuff as the default de facto genre for adult fare in streaming and can we go back to buddy cop let's try buddy cop or literally anything it's like it's like vampires and zombies you know they have their waves and then you get kind of tired and you need to need a break for a while before you bring the vampires back i feel like it's the same here yeah. yeah, but the movie itself is fun. It's in, it, it's a good time. I recommend it. It's a it's a fun, nice, clean two hours. Uh, but the poster will tells you absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> Thank goodness, uh, Bryce. Uh, yeah, what's up? Saw you, a movie. Oh yeah, what did you see? Oh, what did you see? What did you see? It inspired huh. a question that I've not been able to answer to myself, and uh, sort of huh. a cosmic issue hmm. here. Um, <clears throat> I asked myself, is there any Illumination Studios movie that is good? Well, no. you mean that is good you know, or the billion that you enjoy? Dollar yeah. Have you never enjoyed an Illumination movie? Yes. You minions. Do you hate Joy? Despicable Me. me. Uh, I hate minions. all of them. The Secret hate, Life okay. of Pets was good. Hate, hate The Grinch. Hated the sequel. Well, then, I've no, never... you hate good movies, is what you're saying. Okay, yeah. I think we, I think we understand. I hate Illumination Studios movies. Now, did they, now, did they TP you? Is did, did they TP your house? Is that why mm-hmm. we're going? Mm-hmm. Did they guns make your car? Did they, did they uh, fly okay, a drone overhand head with a little sign that said Brian put sugar in your gas tank? Did, did, can I confess? Did they throw a stink bomb into okay, the Jeep? Okay, so my uh, my ten year old daughter asked me what I thought of the movie, and I said, which movie? Which movie? Uh, which movie? Super Mario. Uh, uh, and then I said, uh, uh, "Wow, that was a really good time. I really enjoyed seeing you have such a good time." And she goes like, "Yeah, but what did you think of the movie?" I was like, "Wow, I really enjoyed." What a delight it was to see so many things that I know from the video games brought to life and to see you watch them. That was great. And my, I kid you not, my 10-year-old said, Dad, it, it sounds like you're avoiding the question, what did you think of the movie? And I said, uh, you know what, it wasn't for me. Turns out it wasn't for me. <laughs> it was a bad movie. Everything about it was bad. Why is it bad? The, because tell me why. The, it, because, why? Because, yeah, yeah, you know why? You, you want to know why? It was I don't. Bad? You haven't told me. Do you want to know why it was bad? It was bad because I've gone through the tutorials of all of those games and watching the tutorials. Not fun. Not fun. Bad. They're a bad production studio. I don't ever want to work with them. I'm sorry. Whoops. Whoops and yeah, Brian would the uh, yeah he said he wanted to yeah he said he wouldn't work with you I I know yeah Um, (laughs) not like we have a I know it sounds like a really good animation project but yeah all right I'll tell him you called Mm. okay 
Yeah, that was Gru. That was Gru. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we have an animation project out to market right now or anything. But anyway, uh, Brian, Brian, would a uh, would the canonical voice of Mario helped? Yeah. How actually? How was he? Like, I just it was, actually, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like he uh, he dialed up the uh, uh, Italian face for the commercial that opens the thing, uh, but yeah. then he pulled it back and like quite literally, there's a moment where it's like. Ah, I don't know. Were we too comically Italian? Ah, ah. Well, who knows? And then they went on to overdo everything else about them. I, I didn't like the movie. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's okay like, to not no, like things. Like but tell it. us how you really feel. It's okay to not like things. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, it's all right. You definitely shouldn't like it if you don't like it. I didn't like it. No, no one said okay, yeah. Is this a bad time to tell you that they're working on a Zelda movie? Uh, I mean, no. They're, no. 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 Hey, uh, do you like food, Brian? I'm I'm familiar with it. Do you this this is a serious question. Do you like watching people make food or do you prefer just eating it? You know what? Um to be whoops, to be real for a minute. Um uh I I I don't love uh so-called food porn, but I do love processed porn. Uh, we talked about that movie or the TV show, the bear, right? Yes. Uh, yes. There's something about that timing and the yes chef and all that stuff that deeply, uh, mm. makes me pleased. Um, but not the food itself. I think then oh, you no. might like Jenny's kitchen on Amazon for reals. I'm following up on this. Uh, I talked about it when it first went on the air. It is a very Zen sort of, uh, reality show in the way terrace house was. Uh, in that it's like, it's not playing up too much drama. It's not like hell's kitchen or anything, but it does show you, uh, how actual kitchens work and how the decisions of the customers absolutely impact, you know, the way things get done and why, when you make a seemingly offhand change or comment, uh, it has ripple effects, why your meal might not be coming so fast and not by explaining it to you. It's just showing the workings of this snack bar. Now, these are Korean celebrities doing Korean food at a snack bar, uh, but you you see real people coming off the street in this town in Mexico and ordering the food and speaking in like, some of them are speaking in German and English and Spanish and Korean, and like, but they're all figuring out how to communicate with each other and then ordering these traditional things like fried corn dogs with potatoes on the outside and ramen and gimbap. Uh, and it's, it's all about the process. I mean, the food looks great too, and it makes me hungry uh, to watch, but, but it really is about the interaction of the people and them figuring out how to make this work because they have some experience, but they are really trying to figure out how to run a restaurant from the ground up. So there was kind of a remarkable moment that happened literally today. I was having a taco at Torchy's Tacos and um, uh, uh, my usual guy who's on the AM shift or whatever, comes in and takes my order and kind of disappears for a bit and comes back and mentions something about the chaos of yesterday. And I'm like, Oh, was it busy? And, and, and the brief words that he said made very real to me. Oh my God, back there, it's bedlam and chaos at all times. Yeah. And this guy has to be able to be the bridge. He has to go back there talk to everybody about all the things and the things that people want, then has to switch all of that off and go into cool hosting guy mode on the outside. Um, it, uh, I, I, you know what, Tom, I think you're right. I think I would very much enjoy this. 
anyway, it's called Ginny's Kitchen, J-I-N-N-Y apostrophe S, available on Amazon Prime Video. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, we got an email uh, of a recent anime film. Yaru writes us saying, Hi, guys. I would like to re recommend the latest anime movie known uh, from renowned director Makoto Shinkai called Suzume's Door Locking, or just Suzume in English language markets. If you've heard of the film Your Name, uh, this is the same director. The story is about a child named Suzume who was the who was a victim in the 2011 uh, Tohoku earthquake that was with uh, the Fukushima disaster as well. Uh, and she loses her mother during that during that event. Uh, later, she's adopted by her aunt who who raises her in a different town like her own daughter. Uh, as a teenager, she ends up finding a magical door that releases earthquakes and turns oh. her friend into a sentient chair. Uh, not a mis Who among us can say? That's right. Uh, and so uh, they have to travel across Japan to find doors, these these magic doors to prevent more supernatural disasters. Uh, Yaru says that the movie uh, uh, is astounding, uh, basically some of the best of 2D Japanese animation. Um, and uh, it's got a 97% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. It's already the number four best grossing anime movie of all time. I got to say, uh, the, uh, Shinkai, the director... Uh, really does a great movie. Uh, uh, probably will go down as like the next uh, uh, Ghibli, the next Miyazaki uh, anime film director. And a lot of the staff and a lot of the the art I I know comes from former Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli uh, uh, productions. So uh, that's interesting. Thank you to Yaru. Yaru says that uh, they've watched it seventeen times in the cinemas already. Um, uh, so check that out. It's called Suzume. Uh, if you've got something we should be on the lookout for, please email it to us, cordkillers at gmail.com. You guys into Suzume? Uh, I'll give it a try. I'm a little bit uncomfortable because it sounds, if I were to do cultural translation, mm -hmm. like uh, uh, after 9-11, somebody becomes a chair, and I wouldn't know how to <laughs> wrestle with that. Well, it was. I, I think that's just her backstory. Her backstory was the earthquake thing right. happened. Right, the chair and then, thing happened because of her ability to summon earthquakes, not because of the Fukushima earthquake related Fukushima related one. There's the door. There's also a cat involved. There's a whole thing, of course. Uh, okay. you know, and honestly, go, these stories tend to be something better. They tend to be better going in blind, in my experience. Of like, I don't know, there's like a time travel thing. I'll figure it out. And then you go watch the saddest love story you've ever seen. So uh, maybe that's a good way to go into it is blind. Uh, right. if, email us, please, courtkillers at gmail.com if you guys know we should be on the cover. Ooh, oh, well, you're going to need a computer for that. Yeah, yeah, well, too bad. Computers don't exist. Wait, hold on. <gasps> I just got a telegram. <gasps> Turns <laughs> out <laughs> computers do exist. You can head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Spell it right. R-O-G-U-E. Use promo code rogue at checkout. You'll get a little extra something. Most importantly, you'll be keeping the folks in business who keep us in business. business, business. You told me they weren't real. Uh, uh, that, that was before I got the telegram that I just got. <laughs> but I'm, now, Brian... Uh, what if I were to tell you, you could read a story about a startup accelerator in a small town, larva for ladies, and a brisket? I, I don't know which parts of those were a question. What if I were to tell you all of them are part of the same story? Well, I mean, do I need a computer to read it? 
Would you be interested in having it delivered to your inbox? Would you be delivering, would you be interested in reading that story? I, I mean, to be honest, I, you could pay me to hand deliver this story. It sounds amazing. Well, it's you. free. FreeTomNewsletter.com to find out the details of that story. There's a brisket. Ooh, look at that brisket. There are chickens. Uh, and they eat larvae for ladies. Uh, Tom, uh, one of the exercises we try to do here at Bizarre Magic Inc. is... Um, makes sense. Yeah. Consider rephrasing things in a way that makes sense. Uh, I have a newsletter and I told you about things in it. So go subscribe. <laughs> I feel like we're like just we're this close <laughs> to having it. We're this close to having this bit. Oh, this I agree. Bryce, <laughs> you want to you want to bring us home? <laughs> Tech Tom, or what is it? Free Tom. Free Tom newsletter. Free Tom com. Sorry, I was looking at the reader. <laughs> You can't do three bets at once. <laughs> Frontlines. Frontlines. <laughs> Frontlines. The Verge has a special report on free ad-supported TV or fast services. Uh, you've heard us talk about fast services before, but if you want to read their take, uh, they cover Pluto TV, Roku Channel, Tubi, Freevee, Plex, Zumo, Sling Freestream, and Samsung TV+. Plus. Uh, this is what, like a breakdown of uh, what, what, yeah, what their benefits kind of are? Who's like, got these what? are our favorites. Here was, here's what they're good for. Here's what we like about them. It's a nice, nice little guide. I have not seen a, a little guide about fast services like that. Uh, meanwhile, we got good news and bad news for Peacock. The good news is that paying subscribers rose from 13 million last year to this time, uh, at this time, to 22 million, and revenue rose 45%. But the bad news is that it lost more money and spent more on the product. Peacock kind of lost $704 million in Q1, <laughs> same time last year. It only lost. Four hundred and fifty-six million. You got to spend money to make money, Brian. Uh, sounds a lot like they're just spending money, though. Yeah, I mean that's the first I, part. I feel like, but I also feel like it's a case of we're we're there used to be a time where you, there was more buffer time given to something where it was in that money spend phase, and that window of being allowed to spend all the money in the world is shortening every day. And people just don't have the patience to watch you go through your opening act phase. And people want you to get to the establishment phase. And they just, they're, they're tired of watching you burn money for two years in a row to get to the place I, where you're not. Now, now granted, when I say this, I want to disclose that my health insurance is paid for by my wife, who works for a company that is owned by NBC Universal. And Peacock is very important to that company. Uh, uh, which, which I hear a lot of people criticize Peacock and say, well, they need to do this and they need to do that. None of those people are inside Comcast or NBC Universal. I, I think that NBC Universal knows that streaming is the future and this is their way into it. Whether Peacock ends up becoming something else or not, I don't think they're necessarily doing the wrong thing. And rising from 13 million to 22 million is pretty good. So I will, I, I will there's remind, a lot of doom and gloom around Peacock that I don't quite understand. I will remind, hey, I will remind every single person here, I was pro-cock from the jump. I was like the biggest That's peacock true. defender on the planet, and I remain a defender of the initial mission. I do feel that the service has gotten away from the initial mission as time has gone on. I uh, think they've actually refined it, and it seems to be working because they're getting more users. 
Steven Spielberg told the Times 100 Summit in New York City that he regretted changing the later releases of E.T. movies to remove the guns. He said, and I quote, E.T. is a product of its era. No film should be revised based on the lenses we now are either voluntarily or being forced to peer through. He added, all our movies are a kind of a signpost of where we were when we made them, what the world was like, and what the world was receiving when we got those stories out there. As a consumer, my eyeballs have rolled all the way out of my head. I need to go find them. As a producer, I celebrate the fact that Steven Spielberg has proven time and time again that you get unlimited redos at anything, always, forever. Hooray. Uh, I, I'm here for it. Uh, this just in from uh, George Lucas. Steven, shut up. Well, yeah, but Lucas didn't remove guns. He, he removed, he added rocks. Well, I guess he did remove a gun. Now that I think about it, sort of with the, yeah. I don't know. The I, I Roddenberry Archive. Yeah. After talk. Uh, the, the Roddenberry Archive launched a website at roddenberry.x.io that lets you virtually tour the bridge of almost every version of the Enterprise. Graphics uh, uh, company OTO, OTOY helped build <laughs> the site, which lists every Enterprise, including alternate universe versions. I am so here for this. I would love to be in a museum of enterprises it sounds awesome and it's like all of them like you know the 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 chris pine ones and the the ones from the alternate universe with spock has a goatee what? and well like, uh, the first enterprise that was mentioned in one episode of the original series what, uh, what what was that was there a different name for the enterprise that was in the one where the uh next generation first explored alternate universes uh, 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 days of, I want to say days of future past. That's not right. That's an X-Men thing. Uh, but, but, but I assume, yeah. I assume all, of, all them of them are there. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, a few notes here. The Super Mario Brothers movie officially passed the $1 billion mark, $490 domestic and $532 million international. Uh, at least 12 of those dollars were from Brian. On June 11th, Paramount will air live pre-show for the Tony Awards on its Pluto TV Fast platform leading up to its live broadcast on CBS. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia launches its 16th season on June 7th at 10 p.m. on FXX, streaming the next day on Hulu. The spinoff of Bosch, Bosch Legacy, gets a third season on Amazon's Freebie. And Apple renewed The Morning Show for a fourth season. Season three is expected to stream on Apple TV Plus later this autumn. Uh, Tom. Yes, Brian. You and I have talked a bit about Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um mm. How much of all of it, like, like, have you officially fallen off the way I have on it? Yes, I have. I and, keep and it, to go it's back. It's not but I have. because it's not good, right? No. I mean, yeah, yeah. That was it. That's it. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, let's get I, to the dispatches from the front then. Josh writes, hi, Tom, Brian, Bryce, and Merrill. Given Netflix's outstanding numbers in the past quarter, uh, are we the minority who quibble over Netflix focusing on quantity over quality? Anecdotally, I recommend more shows from Netflix to my parents recently, The Night Agent and The Recruit, than from HBO at their age. They are a little more adverse to the gratuitous nudity and violence, and this would be a similar case in a lot of South Asian cultures, where the much lower bar to entry that the Netflix shows offer is more suitable. I'm not saying Netflix doesn't have high-quality shows or shows that are a hard R, but given their quantity approach, they have something for everyone. 
HBO shows are still a niche audience and more for a specific set that will never get as popular as network or stuff like Stranger Things unless they are genre shows like Game of Thrones or HOTD. Look forward to hearing from you on this. Thank you, Josh. Uh, Josh, I don't know what you mean when you say a hard R. Maybe privately email us at cordkillers at gmail.com. Like a R rating for a film? Okay. Yeah, it, it, hard R means like it's an R. R rating and it's solidly R. There's it no like, well, it could have been hard PG-13. R. I got confused yeah. for a moment. That's fine. Okay. Um, the, uh, uh, to be honest, I, th I think you're right. I think that uh, the HBO brand has always been provocative and at the fringes and pushing the boundaries of propriety, everything from, you know, the Sopranos to the wire and so on. Um, and uh, Netflix, I think you're right. We've, uh, I, I know that I've talked about Netflix as being uh, very niche, uh, but I hadn't thought about it being universal and safe. And I, I think you're onto something there. Let, let me, let me digest this. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Tom Merrill, how does, I could not disagree with this email more. Uh, really? And yeah. Uh, first of all, to say that Netflix is focusing on quality over quality, Netflix would disagree with you. Netflix has pulled back the amount of programming they're making and to in order to focus their efforts so that every one thing they make is great. Two, uh, Netflix is attacking more audiences than HBO does. Part of the reason HBO has this reputation of being boundary pushing and provocative is because they're not trying to capture things like the broadcast television market, whereas Netflix is absolutely trying to steal viewers away from CBS. HBO does not do that. So I think you're talking about an apples to oranges comparison here when you're trying to say, well, I recommend shows to my parents from Netflix, but I don't recommend shows from HBO to my parents. It's like two completely different audience demographics. Though. Tom, I, yes, I disagree with, I believe literally everything Merrill just said. Uh, <laughs> okay. Will you resolve this for us? Uh, you're both pretty. Adam writes, I think of it like car play in a car. You don't need it per se, but it's a nice option to have. And for many people, it's arguably better than what you get by default. We have a surround system and there are definitely shows where we can't hear dialogue. So we turn up the volume. But when the action hits, our subwoofer blows out the windows. So this will be a nice solution for those scenarios and won't require me to keep adjusting my center channel volume up and down. <laughs> we, we should point out that this is on the subject of the dialogue boost. And we talked about like um, whether or not it is affecting the uh, creative decisions of the people who create the movies to uh, alter the audio volumes after the fact. I like that. And uh, I like this. Uh, I like this take. Uh, thank you Adam, for sending it along. And thank you, Meryl Barr. Uh, thank for you for here, having man. me. I am so happy I get to not have to carry certain secrets around anymore. It's perfect. Well, congratulations <laughs> on the public release of information about the animation project. Uh, is yeah. there anything else you want to say about that or anything else you got? Um, only uh, it's look, it's super exciting. And Brian will attest. It's been a wild three years and we got a long way to go. Um, but it's nice that we can acknowledge it exists. It's nice that we can have a little just one piece of artwork to point to and say, no, it's real. 
uh, it's been a joy to work with Brian the last three years um, and to continue working on this project with him. Uh, and uh, there's a reason why I've been saying for the last three years of coming on this show, keep an eye on my Twitter. This was what I was hoping to one day be able to tell you. And, and tell where you. can people follow your Twitter? Twitter.com slash Merrill Barr, M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R is where more news will hopefully drop at some point in the future about Modern Rogues Call to action. Woo! Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. And we are live on twitch.tv slash night attack Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will talk to you again next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I addicted. I think as long as it's consensual, like, we're fine. We're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>